Welcome to the Kayak Nation. KBN Live is brought to you by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Dugout Bait and Tackle is the premier kayak fishing outfitter in Kayak Bass Nation. Go to dugoutfishing.com, get all the gear you need for your kayak fishing tournament season. Also presented by ProGuide Lithium. Go to proguidebatteries.com, find everything you need to power everything in and on your kayak. Kimmy and Live is also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka, made right there in Pilot Point, Texas. Go to westernsundistillery.com, use their bottle finder option to find a retailer near you. All right, coming in hot tonight. Jordan Marshall as my co-host. We have Greg De Palma. He is our our guest tonight. We're gonna bring him in in a little bit and kind of talk about um you know crossing over from the bass boat side of things onto the kayak side what are you up to marshall not a whole lot hanging out uh trying to uh clean up my my magic barn here that everybody's so familiar with that people give me a hard time about so just trying to redo everything get everything squared away uh kind of my first event of the season is uh is Norman Saturday with Vinny and the boys to QC. So oh yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. I like old Norman. Norman's not a bad not a bad spot down there. You have to watch Joey Randall though. He he apparently hey, has staked I'm some worried. sort of ownership. Partner, that's my partner, Joey Randall. Oh, so you got a little home cooking coming then? Yes, sir. I I learned my lesson. If you can't I got beat you. That's smart though. That'll be good for you. And Vinny, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, you know, we're putting on this this benefit tournament I launched this afternoon. I saw that you put that out on the on the Queen City page. I appreciate that. Guys I, and girls, I've seen it shared in groups all around the country. Uh, you know, I appreciate it. Obviously, you know, Jeff and his family appreciate the support. And uh it's it's just great seeing everybody come together for this kind of stuff. I love it. All right. What else we got going on? Is there anything we missed? We had all the all the trail trail one two three four uh, down there in Florida. I saw this weekend. Looked like there were some some big old fish getting caught down there. I saw several twenty four plus inch fish. Yeah, I think uh, big fish was twenty four and three quarter. I know uh, big one. Russ had a big one. Um, AC Reed had a big one. I think. Uh, Robert Weicker caught like a double D pre-fishing and didn't have a scale with him or something. <laughs> yeah. So that'll stink. Uh, anybody going to the Harris chain event, make sure and take a scale with you. Uh, pro tip. 100%. <laughs> All right. Let's get Greg in here and, uh, and, and hear a little bit about his career, who he is and why he's going to try to come take our money. Greg, welcome to the kayak bass nation, man. Hey, what's going on, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think uh, you have kind of a, an interesting story here on on making some moves on our side. Uh, start off and just let us let us know where you're from and kind of you know your background a little bit. Yeah, so I'm from a, a small town called Millville. Uh, it's down here in South Jersey. Um, you know that's that's kind of not jumping ahead, but where I'm from is kind of what kind of gave me more or less the thinking or the idea of you know pursuing this kayak uh endeavor i guess you'd call it 
yeah so and you know. in your area is that that's like the tiny boat kind of stuff there's a lot of that goes on in your neck of the woods or is that more north jersey man i, I would say you is know there a I difference know a tiny... between north and south jersey i don't know if there's <laughs> i don't know there, if you'll have like really... a mason dixon line there we do there really truly is where i live at down here it's farmlands it's completely different than than north jersey i mean the people down here are just way different also it's kind of country um but in my opinion this is you know i know there's a tiny boat nation but this mm-hmm. is truly the tiny boat nation around here where i live i got you so you're pretty familiar with small craft is that is that how you started out tournament fishing i did um so when i was younger like 15 years old i actually worked all summer and i bought my first john boat it was a a 1232 small narrow john boat um my dad helped me deck it out and i started fishing tournaments right away with it so you've been you've been at it for a while long long time yep how did you make the transition from kind of you know local hobby fishing to deciding hey i i think i want to make a career out of this you know it, it was it was hard you know financially what i do is super duper expensive uh you know i, I worked forever the thing about me was I kind of feel like, and I'm not sure if this is a bad thing or a good thing, but I kind of feel like I stuck around South Jersey too long as far as tournaments go. Um, and like I said, you know, a lot of it is because of money. That was the main reason why I qualified for Leeds in 2006 and turned it down uh, for a reason. It was financial, you know, from all them years looking forward, uh, looking back, I should say, I, I believe it was the right move for me turning it down back then. Um, I had an opportunity that I could have took it, but I didn't take it. Somebody actually talked me out of it. I'm glad they did. Um, because I, I don't think I was ready, you know, now coming forward, looking back, it was one of the best moves I ever made. You, you don't hear that a whole lot. You don't hear guys qualifying for something, you know, that's a, an interesting take. You know, a lot of guys, that's their whole thing is to get to that point and they're not thinking far enough ahead to, you know, yep. kind of moment and, and think about that. So that's, you know, you don't hear a lot of guys have that perspective. How, yep. how here, old here, were you here. when you first qualified there? I guess it was 20, I guess we 23, 22 it was. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. that's a big pill to swallow to, to take on that financial obligation and potentially go, you know, <laughs> that far in debt to, to chase that dream. You know, I think that probably is, is a, a big, a big leap, especially for, you know, a college age kid, basically. Yeah. You know, back then when that was, when that happened, I didn't even have a graph on my boat. I just fished what I knew, you know, burn the bank and go. What's that? You're in the right spot. (laughs) Marshall just got a fish find. He's won everything in kayak fishing, and he just got a fish finder like a month ago. (laughs) No fish finder at all. My fish finder was my rod. It was either less than six feet or deeper than six feet. And now I've got (laughs) optic and a sniper pole and live scope and, and, complete full-blown setup and um i still don't know what i'm doing with it <laughs> i was gonna say so so which one's better for you beating the bank kind of or you know using some technology we'll, we'll see i've got my first with <laughs> he's um, been I, practicing on that scope don't let him lie to you he's getting out there busting crappie and catfish and striper and everything but bass right now <laughs> i've spent two months not taking you know I'm, I'm kind of the guy if i take 10 rods i take nine bait casters and one spinning rod to flip a sink over a fluke and the last few times i've went i've taken you know six spinning rods which i had to go buy spinning rods and you know one of them's a little ultralight crappie rig with you know we'll we'll head on it so i've been trying to learn live scope for two months that's all i've been doing so we're gonna see if we start you know paying off bills earlier this year because <laughs> normally yeah, I one of the 
fish till it gets hot and we start eating jackhammers. One of the biggest things I can tell you about, you know, forward facing sonar, if you're trying to learn it, uh, cast at everything. That's the best way to learn. Try to catch everything you see. Uh, besides that, you know, one little tip I can give you, I tell everybody the same thing is pick a range, you know, don't, don't play with your range too, too much. Let's say you're in that, you know, eight to 15 foot of water. For me, it's 70 feet. 70 foot for me is a good range because at 70 foot, I can still be very, very accurate with my casting, which is really important with forward facing sonar. So yeah. pick a range and stick to it if you can. Definitely. So when yep. did you make the transition? Like, you know, you turned the elite series down. How many years was it till you had that opportunity again? And how did you improve your game in that time frame to get ready? It was, it was uh, 12 years actually. Um, and I improved tremendously, not only as a fisherman, but financially, as far as in the industry with sponsorships, the whole thing came full circle. So all them years, you know, as soon as I got out of high school until basically 2000, I guess it was 15, I did construction for all them years. And then in 2016, 17, I decided to myself, you know what, I need to go out this full bore. So I actually started a guide service. And I needed to spend more time in the water, I felt like, personally. So in two years of the guide service, I requalified again. Uh, prior to that qualification for the second time, I was so close for like three or four years in a row. I mean, it came down to a fish catch or not a fish catch. That's how close I was every time. Yeah, I could imagine. That's uh, from everything we've seen from guys we know getting into it from college and stuff. Man, it's, you know, it's splitting hairs trying to qualify for that for the last you know half a dozen years or, or more honestly um, yeah it's it's not fun <laughs> <laughs> and but you did you did qualify again though like how stressful was that like did i miss my chance like did you i mean were you confident like you were going to punch your ticket again or was there ever a time that you're like yeah maybe i should have shot my shot there well that's a, that's a hard question to answer but i can tell you this i really never had a plan b you know, for me, even way back then, it was always get in there and qualify. I just, even all them years in between, it was always just for me, it was, I felt like a matter of time. I just kept pushing, kept pushing. Even the guys you see today, the guys that are that are really excelling, and a lot of them are younger too, like, they're still spending a ton of time doing it. They're not just there for a year. Some guys do get lucky and get through their first time, but like, it doesn't really happen that way. How much of an impact do you think the college, the college uh, kind of, growth process has had on some of these younger guys qualifying for the elite so early? Well, I, I think it's got a, a big, you know, big impact, but I can tell you that I think the reason for the biggest impact is because of electronics. There's no doubt about that's what's, you know, taking these kids to the next level so fast because the way that we're traditionally been fishing you know, has changed in the last three years because of forward based sonar basically. And these kids can just show up, it's like you don't even spot fish anymore because you don't need a pattern. You're just hunting. So if you can hunt five good fish a day, you can really, you know, get ahead of the, get ahead of the curveball. It seems like we've got a pair of brothers uh, that have taken it, taken it to the woodshed on that, <laughs> that little deal the past yep. couple of years. I bet. What's your, what's your favorite way to fish? I mean, as far as presentation baits, like what's your, what's your comfort zone? Well, I would say, it's it's hard you know after doing it for all these years I, I come to like pretty much everything but i guess the number one still today is like a power finesse technique flipping small jigs and creeks is what i love to do 
buzz baits, it's probably second, and then third, probably drop shotting, smallmouth or largemouth. It doesn't matter. I like it. First time when you went out away from South Jersey, do you ever remember going to a lake and being just overwhelmed of just something completely different? You know, no, because the reason why I used to back then, I would pull out a paper map. I literally would look at it and find a creek, and that is where I fished. I would, I would, I would go through every single creek. If there was five, I would fish all five in practice, and whichever one was the best one, that's where I fished at. I just kept it so simple back then. Smart. I mean, I I think especially in the on the big boat side, like I'll I'll jump in some of the the local bass boat derbies here, but you spend a lot of time running around the lake. <laughs> <laughs> and not and not a lot of time fishing like you know you see these guys and they're constantly like oh man i should you know i should be i should be on the south end i bet they're on bridges right now like oh man i need to be up in the river and they'll spend two hours two and a half hours a day just just running yep. the lake yep yep and going back to like the small boat stuff that's kind of one reason why i like it like the simplicity side of it to me is is what i actually truly love about it that was one of the biggest uh, differences getting, uh, I grew up fishing in a bass boat with my dad doing, you know, weeknight wildcats. You know, you, you would go run something and, you know, catch a fish on a on a jig, on a bluff. And it's like you fish the rest of the bluff, then you go run to another bluff. And, you know, with the kayaks, you don't really have that, um, you know, ease of just moving around. Uh, so, you know, you have to kind of think of secondary patterns and really break down areas a whole lot more versus, you know, just running around like Lambert said. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Getting a lot of good comments in. Uh, Luke Arian, he said he thinks uh, the pros having their, their knowledge and sharing on the, its seminars and stuff is, is a big help to people. And, yeah, I think that's, you know, to shout out to, to some of our Yankee friends at the Bass University, but that's <laughs> kind of the whole premise of their deal is, you know, they offer you this platform to be able to, to tap into, you know, hundreds of pros on their knowledge base and, and you'd be surprised what might open your eyes. Yeah, for sure. You know, e even you guys, you know, where you live at too, a lot of the pros you see on the Bass University during seminars, one little hint, if you guys are, are BU subscribers, if you live in an area, try to lean towards the pro seminars of the guys that live where you live, because a lot of us just talk through, you know, what we've did as far as growing up all the way through, but we always go back to what we know the best. So like for me, if you're a guy that lives in New York, Delaware, PA, or Jersey, a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about probably can relate to what you're going to do. So just a little thing to kind of, you know, think about if you guys are looking at seminars at Bass University. So you, you guide, I saw the, the name of your guide service is Upper Bay Guide Service, is that correct? Yes. Yep. How did that make you feel when Iconelli won that 30-person kayak derby on the bay there? <laughs> Did you wish you would have fished that then and <laughs> and gave him a run for his money on that one? <laughs> no, I never it never ever crossed my mind to be honest with you. Um it's hard to say. All of us guys that live in this area, I, I think for the most part we're all as equally as good on the upper bay. You know, the guys that are fishing there now, I mean they're a lot of guys are moving down there because there's there is some money to be won. Uh and that's the other thing too, versus a pro versus a, a local. We don't spend nowhere as near the time you guys spend on local bodies of water. You know, we might show up for two days of practice. That's all we get. You, know? you get two days. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you, you, you talk, you're talking to about two-day people on, on this unit. We've got, there's, uh, I mean, there's probably, what, Marshall, 20 people um, 
you know, that, that get to travel and really invest a decent amount of time on, on each body of water. If you look at the average overall, but you know, for the most part, especially in our level of the sport right now, there's not a lot of people that can make a living doing it. Right. So most people still have jobs. You have some, some folks that work in the outdoor type industry or remote jobs or retired that can go do that stuff. But as we're not at the level of a true pro circuit yet. So we still kind of, it's, it's a, if you get two days of practice, then you've done, you've done great, (laughs) you know, in your mindset and, and the trails now run from, you know, Florida to Cayuga to Texas, like it's, it's a huge, you know, huge run now. So, uh, you know, the days of having six tournaments in your backyard, uh, like I used to enjoy, (laughs) they don't happen like that anymore. Yep. What, uh, what point did you, you said you hadn't really thought about it when I won that tournament. At what point did you really, you know, look into doing kayak tournaments seriously? When did Ike win that? Was it two years ago? Uh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two, years two years ago, right? Ago. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say I would say it was a year and a half ago. I actually I actually talked to Pete Galuzic about it for like a second last year. Um, just something that kind of ran through my mind. You know, having Ike here in my backyard. One good thing about Mike is he's a pioneer, and he he always seems to pave the way, no matter what he does. He does a lot of dumb stuff too, but he does a lot of good stuff. <laughs> um, but you know, some of the stuff he does, I, I really take you know interest to and 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 put a lot of thought into and. You know, Mike doing the kayak stuff kind of like probably gave me the idea more than anything, to be honest with you. Um, but I would say I would say a year and a half is when I started thinking about it. But a year from now is when I really started to think about it. You know, last and, year. I mean, he did like I'll say that, man, like he did it the right way, too. Like you would, you know, pre-fishing, you would see him out there grinding, hitting six or eight ramps a day, checking yep. spots like, I mean, working hard. It's not like he came out and he was like oh, you know, I've filmed a couple shows here with a guy and I know where I'm going to go. Like he was out there like, you know, working for it. And I think that's, we've, we've seen some pros that have, have came over and fished and more cherry picked than anything else, <laughs> kayak tournaments. And I think, you know, seeing, seeing the, the guys that are out there working used to, we didn't have strict rules. So you could pre-fish out of your bass boat or whatever, and just, yep. you know, cover 30, 40 miles a day marking schools. But uh, thankfully the sport, as we know, it has evolved on this side that kind of eliminated things like that. And I, I think that's as part of it, man. Like I want as many people fishing as possible. I want more, you know, pro level guys coming over because that's kind of a measuring stick for, for the kayak anglers, right? Like you see this stuff and you're like, Oh, they're in their big boat, blah, 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 whatever. How good are you? You know, like how good do you measure up against this person that's doing it for a living you know i think that's i think it's great no i think it's a lot of fun too a little extra trash talk on the side yeah that's you know for me growing up too like again i always said i like to fish a lot of local tournaments i had glues like around the area um whenever they showed up man i was like let's go because that's the exact reason why i wanted to be pushed i wanted to see if i could beat these guys pizza pizza good one too man him uh him hitting that cartwheel off the deck of the boat and that was uh (laughs) I, uh, we were fishing a tournament when that happened. And I, I think it was Brian or Charles one texted it to me. And I was like, no freaking way. There's no way that just happened. It was that's, pretty slick. Pete. He'll always find a way to do something. It seems like so. So Pete is probably the most unorganized person that I've ever seen in my life. So for him to fall or break something, it just doesn't surprise me. It's good. He came down to where were we at? Uh, down. What? What's that? That little 
pond down there in Georgia. They like to fish Lanier. We were down on Lanier doing a little filming about, I don't know, four months ago. And they picked like the first cold day of the year. It was like 20 degrees. He's like, let's get some kayak stuff done. I was like, gosh, like this is miserable. Out here on the spotted bass lake freezing to death. Yeah, right. We, we got about an hour into it and Pete's like, all right, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to run down to the gas station and get some biscuits. You guys, you guys keep, <laughs> keep at it. <laughs> good, good teammate there. No doubt. So what do you have on your, like on your target list? I'm sure you've looked at, at both, uh, Bass and Hobie schedules. What are you, what are you kind of looking to jump into here? Well, so for Bassmaster, I'm going to try to make four out of the five. I would make five out of the five if I could, but Possum Kingdom falls the same time we're at Sabine. The only way I'd be able to make it would be put my kayak in my big boat, haul down to Texas with me. Yeah. And if I don't make day three of Sabine River, I can haul but you know up the top of Texas and go fish Possum Kingdom, but I just don't think that's possible. Um, but as the bass schedule goes, I would say Gunnersville or Susky. Uh, I have fished both of them now a handful of times. Um, the Gunnersville event, depending on how I do it, uh, our second event of the year, I might get one day of practice, maybe two if I'm lucky on Gunnersville, mm-hmm. you know, out of a kayak. So it, I, I really can't, I really can't say as far as I don't have one on that schedule that really shines for me. I'm just going to show up and go fishing. Now for the Hobie stuff, the, the Cayuga event to me is one that can be really, really fun. Yeah. I want to make that one, but it's so far away. I think Marshall's going to go on tour up there and kind of bounce around the, the north. A full smallmouth mecca trip of just everything I can fish in a week. I got a full week off work, and I'm just going to go. I'm going to go try to fish Ontario and Cayuga and St. Lawrence and maybe Erie. I, I don't know. I'm just going to go up there and fish some sort of uh, bucket list smallmouth lake every day. If I were you and the weather's good, Go put your kayak in at Henderson Bay. You can go right there and catch giant ones. You have to go anywhere. They're everywhere, literally. And, and that's where it, you want to learn your forward-facing sonar? Go there because every one you cast at will bite. Oh, that's even better. Yep. <laughs> it's even fun. better. <laughs> I don't know what I'm casting at. About the only thing I can catch when I cast at is drum. <laughs> no doubt. You're probably going to want to come to Possum Kingdom instead of the Sabine River anyway. So <laughs> you, You're probably right. But I, I will tell you what, man, that Sabine River fish is just like where I live. Really? I mean, to the T. Canal, canal type stuff, smaller, smaller. Just backwater river stuff. Yep. Yeah. All that good stuff. Are you excited to any more excited to go there? Because if, if I'm, if I was going somewhere and they said it fishes like Loudon, I would not be excited to go. <laughs> like, oh, home. I, I, I'm not getting excited for that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm excited because a lot of the guys still, even today, hate fishing river systems. You know, it's, it's just, it's just fishing when you fish that kind of stuff. You know, you really can't get off the bank for the most part like you can at a Gunnersville and catch a big school of fish. A lot of guys don't like that kind of stuff where I feel like I, you know, should do better on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Possum Kingdom, we fished it, I guess it was two years ago for the uh, first Bassmaster National Championship deal. And uh, it was flooded. Like all the roads were, were underwater. It was insane, but it had those fish positioned so hard on current breaks, like any little current break. The guy that won it, Mark, he wanted off of like a washout boat ramp. Like all these fish were like, it was like 30 plus pound bags that he was catching off of the boat ramp that he launched on with a camera crew on him. Like the whole wow. deal. It was, it was hilarious. 
Well, that's one thing. I, so I've been yeah, obviously looking at a lot of kayak stuff. Dude, a lot of the – I know you guys go inches, but a lot of the fish you guys are catching a lot of these tournaments, I can't get over the size of the fish as far as five fish. Like, they're well over 20-pound bags. I mean, oh, yeah. I think a, a, a what, 20-inch or 19-inch fish is a four-pounder and a golden rule. I don't know, you know, what the numbers would be on the, on the catch board or whatever, but, I mean, there's some big fish, dude, these guys are catching. Yep, I mean, that's and, – and you try a lot of a lot of guys, especially that'll fish both, you know, bass boat tournaments and kayak tournaments will generally keep a scale on them for when you get that five plus fish. But I mean, after you've done it for a year or two, you can pretty much like when you hook the fish, you see it jump once you're usually guessing within a quarter, a quarter inch to a half inch of, of how long that fish is before you even land it. And then once you get wow. it on the board, obviously you can tell a lot more about the girth and get a pretty decent estimation on the weight. Some, some people still catch those like six pounders that may be, two two and a half but <laughs> i think you have that in anything no doubt for sure so how many uh you said four of the five bass master you know uh you got a set number or a number you're shooting for for the for the bos series um probably two i would say cayuga and maybe the mississippi river um maybe another one if i can make it happen it's you know scheduling for me is a little bit tough with things so definitely the four out of the five for bass i can i could make on my schedule as of right now and then cayuga i should be free and here's a good question for you what uh what kayak are you going to be fishing from so for all the bass stuff i have an old town uh, an autopilot 136 and for the hobie stuff i'm going to do a old town 120 pdl okay all right yep. good mix good mix have you uh have you been in either of those much lately or is this going to be kind of a uh learning curve uh getting getting going here so i kind of fell behind schedule a little bit trying to get everything ready it, probably the first time i'm going to step in this kayak is going to be at gunnersville heck yeah i just go straight in <laughs> i've never never in my life thrown a cast from a kayak in my entire life oh boy yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I guess right. I, I fished out of plenty of crawl pads that are narrow tiny brian if you're listening brian and i won a tournament Last year or two years ago, out of my crawl dad, you know, it's sketchy with two guys in the crawl dad. But I'm standing up, running around in that thing, doing my doing my deal. So shouldn't be too bad. Brian probably stands really close to you anyway, so you should be fine. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a fun day. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll love it though. I mean, it's especially like once you hook that first like six plant, you know, six pound plus fish, and and they're pulling you. Like that's, yep. that's the difference in, in the leverage. <laughs> like that, at that point you're like, okay, like you got to be a little more calculated on how you're fighting the fish, not letting them drag you into a lay down or something like things get crazy in a hurry on a kayak. I could imagine I'll be, I'll be spot locking all the time on them things. Watch your rods behind you. That's if, if yeah. I could give you one tip for your first time fishing out of one, if you're throwing a trap or something down there on Gunnersville, you will hook 42 rods and just sling <laughs> them out into the water. So keep so I'm still like in the process of laying my kayak out. I kind of, I kind of did something different in the back of the kayak. I built a box out of, <clears throat> out of wood. So I'm going to kind of, kind of change the whole layout. Cause that whole standing up rod thing to me, like you just said, it's just it's, it's tough, just too dude. much of a nightmare. Yeah. So I'm just trying to change things a little bit from what's traditionally done out there, I guess you would say. Well hopefully hopefully you get it get it dialed in. Are you gonna be running um what what uh electronics are you looking at? So Hummingbird and Garmin are both of them. Okay. I got you. Yep. 
Are you going to run the 360 or are you? Um, I, I have, I have another one. If it's a place where I think that's going to shine, then I'm, I'm going to put it on there. Gotcha. Uh, but most of the time it's going to be side imaging, you know, all the normal stuff and forward facing center. Another great tip. This is from, uh, Dwayne Wally that, that runs tourney X. That's our, our tournament management app, all the scoring. Mm-hmm. Don't yep. lose your phone. You might want to get a phone <laughs> tether or a waterproof case. I will. Uh, I, I definitely, I'm definitely planning on getting one. Um, and before you do get in your, even, even get in your kayak, practice taking pictures of just go out to a pond and take the board with you and practice mm-hmm. like handling the fish. That'll help you out a ton. I'm yeah. sure. Everybody's told me the same thing. Yeah. Yep. We, we won't lie to you much. Not until tournament Good. day. <laughs> Trying to read through some of these comments we we got coming in here. So have you been to the Mississippi River? Is that somewhere that you had that just uh, you had picked out because the schedule had just worked, or have you been up there and enjoyed fishing around seven, eight, nine, the pools up there? So I fished there one time this past year. Um, I just like how it laid out. You know, again, it's like South Jersey. It's just backwaters, creeks, canals. Um, I just like how it looks. I like how it fishes. I mean, you know, we've seen tournaments up there traditionally, like the numbers are are excellent, I feel like, um, in the lacrosse area. Um, but the big fish, like for me, <laughs> the big fish, like – you don't see many giants that come out of there, you know, and you hear these stories of big smallmouth, but it seems like those smallmouth up there really move a lot. Like you'll get people that'll get on them pre-fishing and then that, that pack is, is gone on tournament day. Yeah. That's, I, I kind of fished for them this year when we were there, uh, this uh, last year, this past year, I had a problem electronic wise, electronics wise. So I couldn't stay on where they were, but I did find a pretty good pot of them. Yeah. Yeah. That was somewhere that drove me absolutely ballistic. I went up there and, and spent a week uh, up there in lacrosse, and that place drove me absolutely insane. I think I um, had to, you know, get rid of more fish with teeth than I ever caught back. <laughs> it was yeah, I bet. insane. I, I didn't catch jigs. anything but bass. It's kind of weird. Did you throw I, a chatterbait all day long? Because that's <laughs> probably what led to Marshall catching all the uh, toothy fish. <laughs> I didn't it, throw it that much, no. <laughs> every time I threw a topwater, everybody I talked to was catching fish on topwater. And every time I threw topwater, I caught a pike to the point where right. I, I was done. I, I could I, I could not – I was done with that place before the tournament even started. I was ready to come home. <laughs> that ain't good. Are you going uh, green fish or brown fish at Cayuga? Uh, whatever's bigger. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Here's another comment. You have a better chance at chasing green fish than brown fish at lacrosse. Pro tip from Elvis. Yeah, I guess it depends on the time of year or two, though. Yeah, probably so. Yep. Are you going to run a power pole on your setup? I do. I, I have one on there right now, yep. Those are definitely helpful. Something else, though, to watch is that power pole. Uh, when you're casting or especially if you're in like moving water with current wow. under overhanging limbs, <laughs> that's a good yeah. way to get upside down quick. I'm sure I'm going to dump it, but I'm sure I'm going to break a lot of rods this year too. You'll probably break a few. I mean, I, I bet. whether, I whether you break them in anger or in accident, you'll probably, break it'll be accident. No anger. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get that. You didn't get that from the, uh, drinking the Jersey water up there. <laughs> 
No, like I said, I'm in I'm in South Jersey, so we're country. I Y'all are calm. You know how to act, right? <laughs> yeah, I know how to act right. I was raised right. <laughs> Joey Randall, is it y'all or you guys? Uh, it, I guess you got you guys. <laughs> I'm not. I, I would say Virginia down is y'all. Got you. Yeah. Here's a good question: How did the Elite Series cost compare to kayak tournament costs? It's not even a comparison. <laughs> the Elite Series costs about a hundred grand a year. That's how much it cost. Jeez. So put that in perspective. Yeah, kayak fishing's only like eighty-five, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know honestly, to you know kayak fishing, the overhead is like comparable. It, it's not comparable, which is so nice because sure. you know I I, I kind of made the switch too. Like I said, I, I fished the opens for all these years, even on the elite series, and just the cost of fishing three opens is ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I'm going to spend entry fees on them three opens will probably almost pay for all the four tournaments going to do at a kayak. Yeah. yeah. ROI is, I mean, in my opinion, comparatively speaking, is much higher on, on the kayak side. You know, you're paying 250 to 300 bucks entry yep. and you're taking home 10 grand or so. Like it's, uh, you know, not too bad considering you didn't have to buy a hundred thousand dollar bass boat and spend, yep. you know, $600 in fuel, <laughs> dragging it, dragging it to yep. the river. Yeah. That's definitely one really good bonus with kayak fishing right now. And hopefully it never changes. I don't know what these people are saying. I'm trying to read these comments. Bobby, Bobby's. Uh, I'm not ignoring you, Bobby. I love YouTubers. Thank you for YouTubing with us. We really appreciate that. What uh, what do you think is going to be your your number one accessory on your kayak? Like, what do you think you're going to rely on most? The spot lock, your electron, your forward facing sonar. I mean, te- like, what do you? How do you see this going in your head? Man, that's a it's such a tough question because I use all so much. I don't know. It, I guess it depends on what I'm fishing and how I'm fishing it. But spot lock is obviously one of the biggest things we've had in the last decade that has changed the game. Forward facing sonar is right there with it. Um, man, it, it, it's 50, 50 for me. It really is. It depends on what I'm doing. <laughs> How did you end up in an old town? Says Nate Connolly from he's he's Canadian, so bear with us. Yeah. So the last five years I've been uh on the Johnson Outdoor team with Humminbird and Minkota. So it was kind of a easy transition for me. We've got a lot. Jeff, I hate that Jeff's not on here tonight, but he's he's a big old town guy, obviously. So he he's uh he's on the hype train for sure. Nice. Get a long handled net from James. That's that's a pro tip as well. Yeah. You know, it's funny in my John boat, I do the opposite of short handle. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. No I mind. mean, honestly, is a lot of people boat flip them, but after you lose three or four that cost you $1,000 yeah. or $2,000, you quit doing that real quick. No that's, doubt. I was like, no matter how low it seems your kayak is to the water, don't try to boat flip the fish all the time. I, I promise. That's cost me a lot of money this past year. Yeah. I'm sure this year is going to be a, a big learning curve for me. Mr. Grubbs wants to know, is it going to be weird sitting down and fishing, or are you going to still try to stand and cast most of the time? I am going to try to stand as much as possible. I mean, you can a lot, especially 
if you're not in like current moving water that you have to constantly be adjusting if it's in the the Bassmaster series and spot locks allowed on the trolling motor then you can pretty much stand the entire time yep. uh are you are you running garmin forward-facing sonar over hummingbird i would assume so since you said you would be running both uh brands yep. of electronics i assumed you'd be going with the live scope on that yep standing is the way to go how many rods are you taking do you have that planned out yet well hopefully two but probably oh, six <laughs> heck yeah all right give me okay. one seven foot spinning rod and one seven foot two casting rod and that's all i need i mean honestly probably my my better tournaments that i've ever had that's pretty much the pretty much the theory there maybe four you know four if i'm feeling crazy I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. I mean, when I'm in the bass boat, it's like I got a tackle store, but when I go to this kayak, I'm only literally going to bring what I catch fish on and that's it. Unless it's something stupid where like they're biting red traps and I got a bunch of red traps, but that's about it. I like it. I like the minimalist yep. approach there. It's pretty good. Yep. I've done this long enough now to know what I can catch them on, what I can't catch them on. Well, it's funny cause we'll see guys that come over from bass boat fishing their whole lives and they jump in a kayak and they load it down with hundreds of pounds of gear and they'll bring 16 rods and and a garbage bag full of soft plastics and you know by that point you've kind of taken a lot of the advantage out of why you had the kayak in the first place you can't get anywhere else with that yeah, much right. stuff in the boat yep have you thought at all about, you know, are you going to be one of those people that just puts in at one boat ramp and just stays there and breaks it down all day? Have you thought about maybe moving at all at any point during the day? Are you going to jump around ramps? Have you thought? Of, thought... I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, starting off at Gunnersville, I know a few areas I feel like they should be in this time of year. So if one's not happening, then yes, I'm going to pull out and go to the next one. But in the tournament, if I figure something out, I'm just going to try to hunker down because if it's grass fishing, I know in grass fishing, a lot of times, if you just stay there and hunker down, you always come out on top most of the time. Yep. You know, bur so, you know, jumping around, that's, if you got a trolling motor all the way back two miles or however far you are, and that's going to burn a ton. So of that's the biggest thing, like with kayak fishing is the time management piece. Like you have to factor in, you need to know exactly how long it takes you to load up and unload and yep. then drive time between ramps. That way you can kind of formulate an entire plan. Marshall, he's he's famous for Marshall midday moves. Like he'll fish to like <laughs> 10 or 11 and get frustrated and go somewhere and crack a seven pounder first cast uh, in every tournament for some reason. That's good. Are you going to trailer? Are you going to throw it in the back of the truck? Uh, a trailer. I'm going to trailer. I didn't get a double. I got a single because I feel like if I'm fishing one event, it's only one kayak anyway. You know, I see some of these guys got some pretty, pretty wild rigs. You can spend as much as you want to. I mean, you know, it's not uncommon to see a twenty, twenty-five thousand dollar plastic boat. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Jay Karshman asks, "Have you fished the Susky out of a jet boat or a kayak, or either?" Uh, I fished it out of a jet boat every time I've ever been there. That is probably one of my absolute favorite fisheries that we go to. Oh yeah. It let me tell you something. I, I've so one of my sponsors is Susquehanna Fishing Tackle, and them guys live right by there, and they always take me. You know, always I go once or twice a year with these guys, and a bad day of them is like fifty fish. A good day is like a hundred, hundred and fifty. 
we only had one day so far out of all the years I've done this. It's always in the wintertime, mostly considering wintering holes, but like we've only had one time ever where we caught 50 fish. They're like, oh my God, it's horrible. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's really good to me. But dude, there's <laughs> been crazy. so many times where you catch well over 100 yourself, well over, and they're all big ones. It's, it's a like the first, what was it, Marshall? The first couple, well, the first year we went, it was really low. The and first- it fished tough. It, it fished tough in the summer. But the second year, the water was up, and they were eating. I mean, they were chewing like crazy. And then the last year, so we upped the tournament capacity, and they're selling out. We had like 200 anglers on this river, and a lot of people went up there for the whole week and pre-fished. And you could tell, I mean, that river had taken a beating that week. I bet. You know, that those fish aren't used to, to that kind of pressure, you know, having that many baits thrown at them every day. It was, it was uh, discernible on what had taken place there. It was... It's the same same problem the Bassmaster opens. All these guys, you know, they changed this year to five days, but, like, all these guys would come there and just stick every single fish in practice. It's, like, just ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of something that we're, we're dealing with, and they made a rule. They kind of limited a little more the practice days. It's not unlimited now. Uh, what is it, six, six official practice days? Uh, that we have now, but in my opinion, that's still too much. I mean, if, if you are actually selling these tournaments out and you have 200 anglers there for, (laughs) for five or six days, you know, there's, there's only so many places you're going to be able to go. I agree. Uh, What will your tourney day lunch be? Have you thought about that? Uh, well, I don't know. I guess let me put it this way. If we're in an area that has Wawa, it'll be a Wawa lunch. (laughs) If we're not in an area, then probably not too much good stuff. Not saying Wawa is good, but it's a lot better than most. Are you sponsored by Wawa at all? I am trying to be. Have you been to a Bucky's before? <laughs> I have. I, I've been to Bucky's. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, what rod brand are you throwing? Shimano. Nice, smart. And you, you've been with Shimano for a few years, right? Probably close to ten. Oh wow. Yep. Are you going to argue with the boat guys in your spot that are fishing an elite tourney the same day we are? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. I'll stand up for you guys. Trust me. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, we got we got several dudes that are pretty good at uh, at standing their ground. A uh, little history lesson on kayak tournaments. We were fishing one at Ufala. And uh, this guy in a Phoenix, like, tried to run over a kayak angler on his way back to the, like, he was at the dock. And this guy, like, literally is, like, goosing it, like, trying to run him over. And they start jawing back and forth. And uh, <laughs> the kayak angler's like, meet me, meet me on the dock. <laughs> well, he does. The guy gets out of his Phoenix and is, like, going to fight this guy. And uh, he said, uh, he's like, he reached back with a haymaker from the other side of you follow. <laughs> he said, so I hit him with the old two-piece. The kayak angler ends up whipping the shit out of the bass boat guy <laughs> on the dock, like in front of everybody. They call the cops. Beautiful story, but don't Good. let uh, don't let the small plastic fool you. Uh, we'll stand yeah. up for it every now and then. Dude, some of these guys, you know, especially what I do with some of these guys, I deal with on the water. Sometimes they just think they own the water, dude. It is it is unbelievable. I mean, for the most part, I mean, we all fish around each other like all the time you'll be running bank or running docks and come up on somebody and generally speaking like common courtesy right you know just tip your hat and and go on around it but it's when people get those attitudes like you're racing to a spot and you shouldn't fish that 300 yard stretch of bank because somebody saw it first or whatever like 
that's the confusing stuff i think for a lot of people yeah i guess so um are you more of a 10 cup whiskey or a western sun vodka kind of guy neither okay take that dan i mean i drink some beers here and there but i really don't drink <laughs> that's smart yeah don't come to Keep possum kingdom with us then never mind <laughs> Keep me out of trouble. <laughs> i retract that invitation <laughs> it'll hurt it'll hurt you more than me <laughs> uh, oh yeah uh he said don't forget about the shots fired on gville a few years ago we had uh a bass boat, a bass boater, like try to run over a kayak angler, and he like got his pistol out and fired a couple shots in the water at the guy. <laughs> let him know he was serious. There's a lot of drama down there, isn't there? I mean, all the time. So I, yeah. I live like 15 minutes from Gunnersville. It's just, I mean, there's just enough backwoods left in it uh, where <laughs> you're you're liable to run up on some fun. We we duck hunt down here and stuff, and they will they'll burn the blinds, they'll cut your tires, bust the windows out of your trucks. The fishing part's a little better unless you're Ryan Salzman. He seems to always get his truck assaulted often down here. I don't know why. It's crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> must be a coincidence. Must be. Oh, here's a good one. Do you prefer to fish on little sleep or a full night's sleep? Well, if I get five hours, I'm good, but I've had plenty of nights with no sleep and done well. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I I mean, I probably feel better if I would actually sleep, but like for us, like we go on these trips with everybody and we'll usually all get an Airbnb and, you know, you don't see your buddies from around the country all the time. You stay up too late and next yeah. thing you know, <laughs> it's 1 a.m. and you got to sleep for like three hours. Yeah, for me, it's the same way. If we're talking fishing and sleep second it doesn't yeah. doesn't come around it seems like if you could pick one body of water in the country what's your what's your favorite <sighs> gosh that's such a hard question that's why i asked you favorite body of water i mean i'm just going to take this one off the list because it's just so good but i'm going to say the saint lawrence but i'm not picking that as my favorite just because it's probably everybody's pick <laughs> I want to throw it out there, but it's not going to be my favorite. <laughs> uh, um, man, I don't know. We've been to so many good places. So many places we fish nowadays, too, are just so beat to death. Yeah. But Have you fished Caddo before, by chance? No, never heard of it. Ooh, whoa, what? Yeah. What? Oh, wow. Well, you need you need to put that on your list at some point in your life. It's, Is that uh, a nickname? No, 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 no. It's uh, like Texas, Louisiana border, uh, flooded cypress, freaking monsters. I mean, it is loaded with, I mean, just a very healthy population of five to seven pound bass. That's, wow. that's not like I've ever seen largemouth act like white bass and bust shad into the kayak and you, you catch them and they're all five pounds. It was, it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy down there. You definitely need to, it's on it's the public. Hobie, it's on the Hobie schedule this year. Uh, but, it's, I mean, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal fishery. Wow. It's not too far. How far is Caddo from Toledo Bend? A couple hours? Uh, it, it's a, It's like an hour west of Shreveport, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right there in that, in that neck of the woods. What, what were the other lakes? Uh, was Cross Lake? Does that make, does that sound right? Um, Caddo, think... Cross, Bistano. There were four or five that we could fish, uh, 
you know, in that same tournament series, but it's definitely uh, a bucket list. You, you fish Santee Cooper? Yeah. So it's similar that springtime Santee Cooper bite where there's yep. a giant on every cypress tree you ain't need a Cinco. That's how, <laughs> that's how Caddo is in the spring. Probably, it's, it's probably Cooper on steroids. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I like it way better than Santee, but we did hit, of course, a cold front when we fished Santee this past year, like always. Yep. Ooh, <laughs> these you, guys, these Arkansas it. boys have it out for you. They threw out Wachita and Dardanelle. You fished either one of those? No. You can keep both of them. I'll go ahead and I tell bet. you. Spoiler alert. Don't make that drive. <laughs> it was all right. Don't, don't hate on Dardanelle. Man, whatever. Get out of here. The place is trash. I like Wachita better, sadly. Two hours-ish. All right. So, what I mean, what are your goals this year as far as your first season into, into kayak fishing? Are you trying to top 20, cash a check, win one? I mean, what do you – how easy do you think it's going to be taking candy from these babies? Well, I, I don't think it's going to be easy, number one. Um, but my goal is to win every one. That's my goal. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Saddle up, saddle up, boys. We'll put a, we'll get a little side <laughs> pipe. We'll get a side pipe going. A bounty. Yeah, first one. I'll probably dump the first one. Watch. <laughs> I'll catch nothing. <laughs> well, just hope, just hope it's not like twenty-seven degree air temps on Gunnersville because that's always likely to happen that time of year. I'm sure. <laughs> Jordan Lee, this lake sucks. He <laughs> said. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jordan, he came and fished. We did a, we did a tournament on Gunnersville, and he came out and fished his first and to my knowledge is only uh kayak derb but he uh he had a whole new appreciation for it after after that one he was having to paddle through you know just matted you know milfoil as far as you could see yeah, <laughs> he called like in the middle of the day he's like lambert this sucks <laughs> i was like yeah it's uh pretty tough and he still i think he was like ninth or something in that tournament he did pretty well out of like 125 for never fishing out of a kayak before yeah Oh, here's a good question from Dwayne. Um, what are your thoughts of CPR versus traditional events? I never, I never did it before as far as catch fit or release, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the future kayaks have live wheels. I don't know, but I think it's, I think it's good for what it is. No, I don't really have an opinion against it. I I'm pushing. I would like to see, especially in the summertime, um like these these you know they're doing the bill dance initiative deal in tennessee where they they're giving all this money for for lake habitat and you know improving the fisheries i would like to see cpr across the board even in big boat tournaments through the summer because you go to these weigh-ins especially like the dog fights and the weekend tournaments and stuff you see so yep. many dead fish i mean yep. breeder fish like giant females just floating dead after these tournaments like I think that was probably one of the things that contributed to Kentucky Lake going so far downhill so fast. I think it was, you know, a lot of those ledge ledge fishing hot summer tournaments killing all the all the big fish didn't help too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of really anal with my live wells as far as keeping them clean, keeping them cold. You know, I mean, if, if they die, I lose money, so. Yep. That's a fact. But, I mean, and, you know, we fish bass book tournaments around here and stuff like – you may keep them alive through the tournament, right? And then you slide them down the tube at the at the shack, and they're upside down. You yeah. know, I, and we spent you know thirty forty five minutes out trying to revive those 
you know, big seven, eight pound fish at night, you know, trying to get them back. But that's just, that's tough. I, I think, I think that's something that you could make an argument for across the board yep. on the CPR part. Yep. Uh, what are your top three lures, go-to lures anywhere in the country? If you had to pick three. Uh, Texas rigged robo worm on a drop shot. Aaron's morning dawn color, six inch. Um, Strike King bitsy flip, black blue quarter rounds, super chunk junior trout on the back. And number three is going to be a buzz bait. It's a custom one my buddy makes for me. That's solid. That's my That's three. A solid lineup. Yep. Giving up juice right there. He's just, I know. I didn't expect. I just it told to you guys exactly what I throw mostly. Wow. So there's three of the six rods in the kayak. So what's all that other stuff on the wall behind you? It's stuff that went through the ringer and never made it made the cut. It's brand new in the pack. It's back stock. That's what I call it. Very little true professional. I got I got to improve my wall. My wall's looking a little little weak compared to Greg's here. I just have a garage floor and like 70 cardboard boxes of every order that I make. And then I'll dig through it right before the tournament to try to pick out what I need. <laughs> Here's a good question as well. Are there any of the top kayak guys, girls that you're looking forward to competing against? Nah, I, Do I don't have really any idea know. who the top guys or girls are in kayak fishing. Yeah, I was going to say, I really don't know who they are yet. I haven't done enough homework as far as the angers go. You don't need to, you don't really need to know. Just show up and do your thing and you'll probably rub elbows with them on stage at some point. All right. Charles Daltrey. There you go. <laughs> he didn't, he don't even tournament fish, man. He I know I don't. that's what I know. <laughs> he he was supposed to come fish Susky and he hit me with some excuse. I can't remember if it was his knee or or COVID for the fiftieth time. It was some, as I'm driving up there. He's like, Oh, I'm not gonna make it, man. I'm like, all right. <laughs> All right, Chuck, whatever. I don't think I've seen Charles since the uh, Hobie Bass Open before the series at Kentucky Lake. He used to come fish that one all the time. That's where I met him. Good dude. He's a good dude for sure. Yeah, he's a real good guy. I'm from Jersey wearing the camo Crocs. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> he's in that middle of Jersey. That's why. He's confused. Dude, when he opens his mouth, there's no question where he's from. Boy, <laughs> all Charles. I hope he's watching. He better be. I'm going to be offended if he's not, especially after I gave him a heads up. Chime in, Charles. Uh, Corey, he he said he's going to fish Cayuga on the Hobie and potentially um, lacrosse, right? Yep. Maybe or no, that lacrosse lacrosse is both. There's a bass lacrosse and a and a Hobie lacrosse actually. So true. Yep. So no, not only bass events, Corey. Marshall, you got anything else, pal? I think I've uh, pretty much all my questions have been asked by other people on the view <laughs> coming in. You know, I can I can add to something, and this is the outside looking in, and maybe I'm wrong a little bit, but I I don't think so. I I've seen the kayak thing in the last year and a half, two years. Well, I can even go back even further before I even thought about thinking about doing these. Let's go back three years. I think the kayak stuff has grown tremendously. And for me, that's partially one of the reasons why I want to get my feet wet and try this, because I do think that there is going to be opportunity 
um, in the industry with this whole kayak side. And I'm sure, like I said, some guys are, are capitalizing on it now, but I think, you know, this is going to grow to be pretty darn big. That's my opinion. Your, I think your opinion's a hundred percent on point. And I think where that's evident is places like ICAST and the classic yep. expo. When you see these bigger established companies that have been in the industry for decades now marketing toward that that kayak side um i'll tell you from from our side it has been um kind of a, a slow growing process as far as pushing these companies that we may have a relationship with uh taking it from you know product deals to to you know cash to the actual you know money that's going to make a dent in what we mm -hmm. spend on the trails. And I think that was kind of a hesitation point on, on some of these bigger brands. Like, well, why would we, why would we spend our money here? Well, it's a completely demog like different demographic. There's just like, you don't know the anglers on the kayak side. There's a lot of kayak anglers that have no clue who the, <laughs> if you put out a list of elite pros, they, they wouldn't be able to pick three off of them, honestly. So yeah. I think, you know, I think the big companies just realizing that it's, it is, there is a divide there that, not everybody sees both sides of the marketing scheme. Definitely. I don't know if you've ever looked into it or how close you, you've looked, you know, a lot of guys, you know, call it the kayak community. We've seen that over the last week or so where everybody's kind of coming together again. Um, do you feel that, uh, is there's any comparison? I know you haven't fished any tournaments yet, but anything you've seen, um, you know, any sort of community difference from, bass boat guys or even you know tiny boat nation to kayaks is you know you have any differences or similarities between all those i do so i put a post out last week or the week before about that i was going to fish this stuff i have had a lot of kayak guys reach out to me and tell me some stuff as far as like good stuff you know tips for the boat do this do that in the bass boat world it doesn't work that way it's it's so cutthroat it seems like with the bass you know on the higher level stuff for the most part um, and I have seen where I feel like, you know, you guys, as far as, uh, Hobie Bassmaster, it seems like you guys do work together. If, if I'm not mistaken, as far as scheduling, oh, yeah. um, it just seems to be a little tighter family compared to what some of the leagues are nowadays. That's very true. And I mean, we're really yep. lucky to have that and you'll see it at, at the tournaments, you'll have people helping you load your boat at the ramp or, you know, if you have trouble on the water, whatever, towing you, towing you back to the ramp, you know, whatever it may be like, it's, it's crazy that, you know, we'll travel five or 600 miles and you have an issue and you've got 15 people right there to help you. It's, it's yep. really unique. I think what we have. That's good. That's, that's a rarity nowadays. Here's a good question. Um, any other elite anglers, you know, showing an interest in trying out the kayak trail? Not off the top of my head, no, but I would say in the future, yes. yes. I think so too. I think especially as these both these series grow, their their payouts and their structure and the exposure on the the social media side, I yep. think you'll see uh, sponsors more willing for you guys to cross over, you know, and still support you in that. Yeah, if you guys, I don't think you do for the most part, but like. If these tournaments can get televised some way, man, that'd be huge. That, so be... that was literally a, a comment that was just thrown up on YouTube. Yep. Do you see it becoming televised? And we've, <coughs> we've talked about this a 
a few times we have like media boats that'll go around and do still shot photography and sometimes like live on the water type interviews but most kayak anglers run gopros in in their boats all the time Um, not only for you know content or whatever but if there's ever a question if there's ever you know a potential rule violation or whatever you have that safety net that you can pull that footage and say no this is actually what happened you know here it is I think if there's ever going to be something like that on the kayak side, because we are so limited on space, it'll have to be like signal booster streaming from GoPro. Like, I think that's the only way that it, it'll be feasible in a kayak, because obviously you can't fit a cameraman in the, in the back of your old town there. Yeah. Or have a, a chase boat. Yeah. So that's another thing is, is some of the, you know, some of the areas that, that, kayaks will find themselves in the susky is is a great example uh steve fields he is hobie's camera guy like he i've seen him get those jet boats in some precarious situations (laughs) up on rocks and you know up on the edges of drops and stuff uh getting stuck uh that's i think that's another challenge i think potentially drones you know a live feed from a drone may be an option but sometimes it's it's really tough to get a camera boat back in there i'm sure find one more here any sponsorship advice you would give to small boat kayak anglers looking to pursue a personal sponsorship from slay nation tournament fishing yeah you know for me for me growing up it's always been about hard work uh i kind of got into the game pretty early as far as going to outdoor shows and that's kind of where i got my feet wet and i kind of started meeting a lot of guys in the industry um it you know at the end of the day a lot of this still today is about who you meet and who you know. Um, so if you can, if you're trying to get in stuff, wherever you're from, you know, the outdoor shows are back around again. COVID's still here, but it's not like it was. So outdoor shows are back. I would say go there, uh, you know, potentially you can meet a sponsor, but one big piece of advice and the industry is still flooded, obviously with guys that are just doing nothing for a small discount. Don't be one of them guys. Uh, you know, it only, it's only going to hurt you in the long run. If there's something that you truly like, let's say it's a rod brand, let's say it's, let's say it's Shimano, you know, super hard to get, but if you chase them down and that's where you really set your goals for, that's what you have to go for. Don't settle for a deal with somebody else. Um, like I said, outdoor shows for me is where it all started for me. That's how I got my foot in the door to everybody for the most part, who you meet and who you, who you, you know, line yourself up with. Marshall, you can, you can attest to that as you're, you're seeing a lot of that now is, you know, from connections through the dugout, you know, meeting these reps and these market VPs and stuff yep. like those are the people that, that will make the connections for you on that side. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, you know, running into people and Hey, I know so-and-so they, you know, told me, yep. you know, just told me that. And you just, you know, kind of capitalize on the opportunity, you know, take advantage of what you can take advantage of, and, you know, try to always be, in a situation where you can be that guy that's, you know, can talk to all these people, you know, whether it be a potential sponsor or whatever else. Yep. Another question from YouTube, uh, Jake Harshman, do you have a circle of people you travel and stay with on the elite series? Have you considered doing the YouTube vlog thing that some pros do? Yes, I do. So I travel with Chad Pipkins and Clifford Perch mostly. Um, and we have, tossed it around a little bit yes to do like a on the water off the water youtube thing just never went ahead and did it 
do you mess with editing video a lot yourself? I used to a lot. Yeah, I used to. That's time is part. time is of the essence, man. It's <laughs> it's hard to find time. That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, a lot of these guys that are that are doing that stuff are paying somebody to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of those like you'll see them post like Scott Martin, for instance. Like he'll post like you know looking for. <laughs> young cameraman yep. just out of college very hungry doesn't yep. have expenses like <laughs> yep. That, yep. that's kind of the the target i feel like uh cory dryer asked uh which event are you looking forward to the most out of the ones you've listed do you have a favorite out of those like i said as far as on the kayak stuff gunnersville and susky for bass and, and cayuga for hobie for sure nice the cayuga events june 24th and 5th i mean that should be it should be good yeah i'm not yeah. sure the grass is going to be this year coming up but i might have to i might fly out for that one and bum a bum a kayak off somebody else we'll have to see how much i hate my life by that point in time <laughs> <laughs> i'm have usually you, super excited no uh-uh. so there you go so one of my favorite links there you go I, I haven't been there a whole lot but cayuga it's got them, dude. I mean, it flat out has got them. You can catch them so many different ways there. That's what I hear. I, I, I want to try it, but, you know, I, I'm trying to hedge my bets. I say this every year. I'm like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna pick nine events or ten events or whatever it is, and then, like, 20 events later, I'm like, gosh, like, you did it again. Like, I get so burnt out by, yeah. you know, the end of November. I just want to take the winter off and duck hunt and not worry about fishing and now I'm at the point, our first tournament's on Harris Chain, February 18th, and I'm like, I'm hungry again. You know, I want to go fishing again. So yep. I'm trying to trying to do better on time management. You're not going to try to do 45 events with me this year, Lambert? I'm definitely not, Marshall. I promise you. I'm, I'm, 45? Is that how many you're doing, 45? Yeah, something like that. I think I got wow. four, four on the schedule. And Marshall there. will wake up and be like, oh, well, there's a <laughs> – <laughs> I think there's a local a local event in Florida I'm going to drive down to. It's every weekend. I, that's impressive. Weeks off. I like I like staying in that moment. I like kind of do the. I feel like I catch a hot streak. I, I'm just going to go and just. <laughs> I'll show up somewhere and just just keep it rolling. I like it. But yeah, I think I got 44 on the schedule. Have you considered fishing any local events, Greg, like to uh, kind of cut your teeth a little bit or hone your skills out of the kayak a little bit? I probably should, but I just don't have time to. There you go. <laughs> you know, you know, everything, it's funny because like everything I've ever done in my life is just like full board a top into it and just go, yep. you know. It's you like when you go one. buy a car, it's like, ah, I'll settle for this one. But at the end of the day, you wanted the other one. Just go for the, go for the max right, right from the get-go. You'll, you'll be fine. You're going to have a good time. Like I said, I mean, it's a really good group of people. Uh, everybody is, is super cordial and, and likes yep. to hang out and try to go to dinners and stuff and, you know, throw cornhole or shoot pool or whatever. Like we try to do like little social gatherings on these things too. Cause like I said, you know, some people may only get to fish two or three a year and that might be the only time you get to see them is, is out there on the road. So are you guys fishing the Gunnersville event or no? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's probably top five of the year for both both of us. That's probably that's, oh, yeah. that's my number one, my number one favorite fishery. That yeah, we'll see that the smallmouth on that's a that's a Gunnersville Gunnersville smallie on the wall back there. I've never caught one there. Always largemouth in some spots, buddy. Uh, there's there's some there's some brown <laughs> there magic is. in them waters, my friend. I know there is. 
I've got, I think last year I caught like a six and a half pound mean mouth, uh, out there. Really? Holy oh, crap. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Monsters. So, so how many inches is it going to take to win Gunnersville? Uh, that time of year is tricky, but I'm still going to say probably 96 or so. 95, 96. Yeah. 95. Yep. So what's that? 19 pounds a day. Uh, my, yeah. Well, but see, <laughs> dude, I mean, it's, it's real hit or miss that time of year though. Cause honestly it, it's going to depend on, I mean, you know how tournament fishing goes. It's going to depend on a cold front, like yeah, no doubt. cold front and, and a flood. So that's the other thing that always <laughs> seems to happen that time of year. If the floodgates are open, it really flips that place on its head, depending on if the water's backing up the creeks or just starting to go down. So there's a couple different factors in there, but I still, I mean, the multiple bites that are coming into play at that time, I think you'll see some some big bags and some probably eight or nine pounds for big fish, I would say. Yeah, I bet you're right. I would say even worst case, even if it is flood terrible and cold front, I would say it's still over 90 at, at the minute. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Gunnersville, you know, it hit a lull four or five years ago where it was just the, the amount of tournaments and the pressure kind of got to it. TVA sprayed a lot of the grass, and it knocked it back. But the past two or three years, it's fished as good or better than, you know, than I can remember living here. I mean, it's 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 made a great comeback. It'll be a good That's one. good to hear. I Ooh. You know, just for me going there for the last few years, I've seen, obviously – so when I first went there, I think it was maybe, I don't know how many years ago it was, but the milfoil was gorgeous. And then it started to die off. We came back and there was eelgrass and a lot of hydrilla in the mix. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't been there now in two years now. Um, there's still a lot of, there's a lot of eelgrass. I mean, eelgrass plays a lot more, I mean, on Gunnersville than, than probably anything else as far as the duration of time that that's a factor in the bite. Yeah, I bet. We run into the same thing here in the upper bay. When that eelgrass starts to grow first in the spring, it's like, you know, when it comes up, it's dominant. What's your favorite bait for the upper bay? Jake Harshman asked. Uh, gosh, hard to beat a chatterbait, um, you know, in the springtime. But overall, gosh, there's two. I'm going to say a jig or that drop shot I was telling you about. I like it. I like it. We have the same problem here, a lot of pressure. So the drop shot plays a big role. That was uh, like on Chickamauga this year. That was probably the the best producing ledge bait <laughs> this year was a, was a drop shot. Which, granted, forward facing sonar played a, a much bigger factor than traditionally. You know, you just get out there and throw a big swim bait or jerky jay or drag a football yep. jig. Now you're actually you know trying to target individual fish. So I, I yep. think that also makes a difference. Uh, well, TJ, he, he hadn't, he hadn't jumped into the kayak side yet. So TJ asked, how's your tournament prep changed since switching to kayak? <laughs> uh, you know, not being able to run 20 or 30 miles up. He, he's going to figure that part out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't have an answer. Cause like, I, listen, I'm really used to fishing out of boats with just troll motors only. Trust me. I've done it my whole life. So the, the places on the schedule, I have been to them. So there's areas of the lake that I think in my mind should be playing. That's where I'm going to just spend all my time. Um, I guess the biggest thing is going to be, like I said, just, just breaking the tackle down completely. That's the biggest thing, more than more than spot fishing, honestly. 
I think, I mean, judging from your background, you know, what you grew up doing, I, I think you're not going to have uh, uh, that big of a learning curve coming over I don't to, either. to our world. I don't either. Russell Johnson asked, can you swim? <laughs> Very fast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> That way about Steve, we got we got we got these people tuning in late. We've already hit him. We've already hit him with the tethers. We've we've given him <laughs> the advice on Rod standing up to dodge the rattle traps. <laughs> I like it. Well, man, we've had you on here for an hour and ten minutes. I do appreciate it. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsors before we get off here. Dugout Bait and Tackle, Marietta, Georgia. If you're running around down here, Greg, and you need anything uh, locally, we can uh, we can hook you up from the guys at Dugout. Western Sun Vodka. Didn't touch any of it tonight because I actually have a job tomorrow, but uh, we like to thank them. Revo Sunglasses and, of course, uh, Pro Guide Lithium. Uh, KBN, use code KBN on Pro Guide Lithium. Get you 10% off your lithium batteries if you need them. How far how far is that dugout from Gunnersville? Uh so well there's there's a couple of good local tackle shops on the Gunnersville area too. The dugout's in Marietta, but several of us, myself, Steve O, Marshall, uh, we're down there all the time. We we usually keep a pretty good stash on us uh, for the dugout and they have a, a online presence as well um, okay. to grab whatever you need. But Jamie, he's he's a I mean, he's got everything. He's got yep, Jap- Japanese awesome. baits. Yep. He's got all, I mean, <laughs> Shimano, anything you can imagine. Like Jamie, uh, Jamie's got a fully stocked shop down there for sure. Yeah. I saw a few videos on YouTube and look pretty impressive. It's awesome, man. I, I sent, uh, Aaron Lewis was in town for a concert and he's like, I want to go check out this place, you know, that you've been talking about, whatever. He went in there and dropped like six grand on a, <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. He's like, dude, you're right. They have everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a special little place tucked away on the north side of Atlanta, which is crazy. Uh, it's, it's over there. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, right. Man, take it easy. If you need anything, give us a shout. Like I said, I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll see you on Gunnersville down here. But uh, you know, you got you got plenty of people willing to help you with anything you might run into on the water. I appreciate that, and same here, guys. If I can help you guys out anyway, let me know. Sounds good, Marshall. I'll see you for dinner tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on, Greg. I'll see you at Gunnersville. Look forward to meeting you. You got it, guys. Thank you. All right. See ya. See ya. Jeff Malott. Welcome to the Kite Dance Nation.